Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cynthia Carr is a Winnipeg epidemiologist. And uh, what Ms. Carr has said and has reported on and has been answered questions uh, has been reported on in this country nationally. She joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Ms. Carr has also issued reports from Manitoba, Ontario, Alberta, Northwest Territories, and Nunavut. Uh, Ms. Carr, thank you very much for the time. Uh, Here's the most fundamental question. What do you do as an epidemiologist? What's What's the gig? Well, that's a really interesting question because there's many fields of epidemiology that people might not realize, really along the continuum of care, some focus on infectious disease outbreak. My career actually in the last 25 years has been focused primarily on uh, chronic disease, uh, program planning, and social disparity in health, and I work very much uh, in our rural uh, isolated communities and our First Nations communities, uh, again, focusing on long-term planning. So epidemiology has many aspects, but overall it's looking at what do what can we understand about what causes disease and, and how we can solve it, who's at most risk, and what programs or public health policies can we put in place uh, to prevent uh, disease. Right. I should mention that you're also the founder of EPI Research. That's your company. Uh, You've written health policy assessments for Manitoba, Ontario, Alberta, the Northwest Territories, and Nunavut. So since you're in Winnipeg and uh, we're trying to get a handle on what's going on across the country, how would you assess where Manitoba is now concerning the presence and the threat of COVID-19 compared to any other time during this pandemic? Well, certainly uh, every area is at heightened risk right now because of the variants of concern. Uh, So we need to be clear about that. And, you know, when we do assessments of uh, different areas, we always want to be cautious about, you know, how do we compare against the average because the average could be a not very good place right now. Uh, So it's really important to uh, kind of reflect on uh, ourselves, where we were, uh, and where it appears we're going and where the highest risk is. So uh, you, certainly we, we see ourselves uh, escalating as uh, many other provinces are experiencing. So we don't want to rest on our laurels saying, well, our active case rate is not, you know, is lower than Ontario or lower than another province. The reality is how do we look at what the communication is between our public health leadership, our political leadership? Uh, are there challenges within areas of the province? Are they being addressed properly? And, uh, you know, where are the gaps? Where are the challenges? Why are we exponentially uh, increasing in in cases? You know, I find it really interesting when you talk about the comparisons, because here we are. You've expressed concerns about opening up too quickly. You did that Mm -hmm. earlier this year as the number of infections dropped. So is it your sense that opening up too quickly caused a spike in the third wave? And is the third wave a danger to give birth to more variants and a fourth, perhaps more dangerous wave heading into the fall. And then there's the addendum to this, and that is that New York City Mayor de Blasio has said New York City will open up fully on July the 1st. 
Right. So there's a lot of pieces to that question. So let me know if I forget any of it. <laughs> okay. uh, in terms of <laughs> opening up too quickly, you know, it's really a challenge when something doesn't appear to be a risk anymore. It's hard to stay vigilant against something that doesn't appear to be a factor. Um, and it's hard not to want to go back to our old lives. Um, but the reality is, you know, we were never at zero uh, in terms of, uh, of um, you know, no risk at all, even though we were very low over the summer. And we had to continue to reflect on how viruses spread, how good this was at spreading, how much we still didn't know, but how much we did understand about gee, we wish we'd understood the impact of asymptomatic spread from day one, because that would have been a game changer, uh, at least in my belief. So, uh, you know, what we could do right now uh, is look at the data and we can see when uh, there was openings and, and the more that we kind of loosened restrictions, that's what the virus needs. It needs somebody to transmit from. And, you know, we can look at the absolute tragedy unfolding in India right now, mm -hmm. a country that had unbelievably uh, high success in controlling the virus uh, in the beginning because they recognized what a vulnerable population they were with economic disparity, with, you know, crowding, uh, all kinds of challenges. Um, but what happened was with that success, people became lax and there became mixed messages of, you know, government leadership, uh, even in the last few months, saying, you know, we're out politi uh, having political campaigns come join us and encouraging millions of millions of people to get together. And then there was a mixed message. So people did not go and get vaccinated. It wasn't that the government said don't get vaccinated, but people felt safe and felt they didn't need to. So all kinds of layers of protection were kind of dispersed of at the same time. And now we see a a an absolute tragedy that's very hard to get on top of. Yeah, I interviewed an Indian journalist yesterday. We're going to be playing back that interview in about 30 minutes. It's heartbreaking oh. to hear what he had to say. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you think, we have about a minute left, uh, Ms. Carr, where do you think we are at this point, 1st of May, 2021? I keep hearing that we're going to be in a better place. Medical experts tell me this will be in a better place before the end of the year, probably before the end of the summer. Do you share that optimism? I share that optimism if people participate uh, in getting vaccinated. So right now, a third of Canadians have had at least one dose. Uh, in Manitoba, we're up at about 410,000 people vaccinated, which almost reaches the, uh, uh, the unprecedented success we had with the H1N1 pandemic uh, in 2009, where about 450,000 Manitobans were vaccinated uh, very quickly to address uh, that much shorter, but also serious uh, situations. So uh, as long as we don't see a drop off in people participating in vaccination, as long as we don't see clusters of people not participating participating, which will put the rest right. of us at risk, right. because the more groups that are together that are uh, unprotected, the more that virus will spread. Okay. So uh, let's, let's just keep that in mind. Yeah, let's also keep uh, in mind that we do need more vaccines in this country than we've been Correct. getting. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.